Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Broadsword, and we're here today to talk about DC Comics. This week, we're delving into the story behind Outsiders Volume 5, Number 3, cover dated March of 2024. The issue was written by Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly, and was illustrated by Robert Carey. If you haven't read the issue yet, please do so before listening to this podcast. Today is January 15th. 2024, and this is the DC Comics History Cast. Let's go! By way of introduction, this is not an attempt to tell you what to read. That's already being done elsewhere, and done pretty well, I might add. Nor is it an attempt to review comic books. Although I might do a little bit of both of those along the way. I'm here to help you fill in the gaps in your knowledge so that you get the most enjoyment possible out of your readings of DC's comic books. Each week, I take one book from DC's output for that week and break down anything you might need to know about the characters, references, and events in that issue. Advance warning, there are sure to be spoilers. There is a lot to unpack in this latest issue of Outsiders. So, let's get right down to business. It's strange to find an issue that is so heavily influenced by a particular character, especially when that character doesn't appear in that issue other than in a dream. I'm speaking of Batman here, one of the most popular and beloved comic book characters in the world, and I think, without question, DC's biggest property. It should come as no surprise that his fingerprints are all over this book for not only the real-world reasons I mentioned above, I mean, after all, Batman helps to sell comic books, but also for the in-fiction reason that he has been a huge presence in the lives of both of this book's main characters, particularly Kate Kane, a.k.a. Batwoman 2. The original Batwoman, Kathy Kane, was erased in the Crisis on Infinite Earths, although a new iteration of that character was known to have lived on Earth-1 following the Infinite Crisis. That version is relatively obscure when compared with the modern-day Batwoman who appears in this issue. Kate Kane was one of the first openly lesbian superheroes when she first appeared in the fantastic weekly series 52, issue number 11, cover dated August of 2006. Now, Kate has a background that is comparable to Bruce Batman Wayne's, with her having witnessed the deaths of her mother and sister at a young age and then being driven by her loss to become a crime fighter. Although not quite on Batman's level, Kate is an accomplished martial artist and tactician thanks to her time in the U.S. Army, and unlike a few of Gotham's crime fighters, she seems to have Batman's blessing to function in his city. Along with Luke Batwing Fox, Batwoman is one of the main characters in this series of Outsiders. This issue of Outsiders starts off with Drummer viewing a piece of paper upon which is printed a series of numbers. To be completely honest, my eyes are not what they used to be, and some of the numbers are a little difficult to make out. What I was able to see are the digits 9, 2, and 1. Apparently these numbers came to Drummer while she was in a drug trip, and the Outsider ship, the carrier, determined that the numbers referred to the coordinates of a narrative singularity which, to me, already screams meta. The ship opened a portal to the coordinates in question, and, of course, Luke and Kate venture forth to find out what lies on the other side of that portal. It leads to what Luke and Kate recognize immediately as Wayne Manor, and Luke notices some M.C. Escher-type staircases off to the left. 
Their exit portal disappears, and Luke extrapolates that the numbers given to Drummer all lead back to the date of September 21st, which Kate recognizes as the day that Bruce Wayne's parents were killed. Moments from Bruce's life begin to manifest around them as Luke and Kate get inexplicably separated. Luke finds himself in that reality-denying stairwell that I mentioned above with The Final Night, a character from the Dark Multiverse, a set of worlds which exist as a counterpoint to the main multiverse, sort of a dark dystopian parallel to the worlds we are familiar with. Everything we love about life has been twisted and misshapen in the Dark Multiverse, and many of the heroes we are familiar with have wicked counterparts there. An example would be the Batman Who Laughs, a nasty hybrid of Batman and his arch-nemesis, the Joker. Anyway, back to the Outsiders. The final night shushes Luke, who has been in communication with Kate, just before Luke is called out by a Batman as not belonging because, although Luke is familiar with pain, he hasn't let it define him like Batman does. On the next page, Kate is exploring the manor's halls, and comes across a painting of Bruce's family that changes to show scenes from her own life. Following this, Kate discovers a hall full of variants of herself. The Batwomen discuss how they are similar to Batman, and that they are empowered by their tragedy. And that Luke Fox doesn't belong in this Batman dream world, because he is not the same. Luke finds his way into this Dream Manor's Batcave, where there seems to be a meeting of the Batmen from all across the multiverse. They notice Luke and are discussing what to do with him when the final knight makes his presence known with a dramatic entrance. The final knight threatens the Batman and a fight ensues, during which the final knight's helmet is knocked off, revealing Duke Thomas, who in the Earth Prime universe is a bat ally known as the Signal. Now I should point out that the final knight has appeared before, namely in a one-shot special issue titled Dark Knight's Metal, where this version of Duke fought a being called Tempest Fuginaut because the latter being did not do enough to save the universes of the Dark Multiverse. The Final Knight is not a villain, but Duke does seem to have some anger with the Batman, and tells Luke that rather than Batman being an inspiration, the mantle of Bat-Ally is more like an infection. As Luke is trying to talk Duke down, Kate arrives and clocks the Final Knight. One of the Batman then gives Luke a grapple and advises Luke and Kate to use it to escape the Dream Cave. The grapple leads them back to the carrier ship, their home base, and Kate tells Drummer that in the portal they encountered nothing less than... themselves. The issue comes to a close with Drummer reading the Planetary Guide, a reference to the Wildstorm title Planetary. The guide states that Luke has learned the lesson, I'd hoped, no clue who I is here, while Kate is anchored to the lie. After all, and I'm quoting here, she has already begun to dream of bats. I told you there was a lot to unpack in this issue. Now that my synopsis is done, let's bring Bethany out and see whether we can make any sense of this issue. So, Bethany, I know there was a lot to unpack in this issue, and you're not really familiar with some of the source characters. I'm not familiar, really, with the Outsiders at all. The only exposure to the Outsiders I've had is the the Brave and the Bold episode that we saw with Black Lightning, uh, Katana, and uh, Metamorpho. Well, you don't really need to worry about that. As you just read, there's no connection between what was going on in this comic book and the other outsiders. There's no real connection to any kind of reality in this comic book. That's a good point. I can tell. Um, so, yeah, because I'm not familiar with the outsiders, what can you tell me about the outsiders? Now, back in the 1970s, there was a comic book titled First Issue Special. 
and the first group called the Outsiders appeared in issue number 10 of that. We're not going to go into a lot of detail about them, because they really have no relation to any other superhero team or any other characters that have ever been published by DC. The first issue of the Outsiders as a superhero group would have been, oddly enough, since we were just talking about Brave and the Bold, the original Volume 1 of Brave and the Bold, right after issue 200, or would have been issue 201. For that issue, DC wanted to do something new, because, you know, Brave and the Bold traditionally was a Batman team-up book. Right. So... I remember I, I really enjoyed the, the animated. The cartoon. Yeah. I right. Really I think that. you would like the comic book, because it's just... it's It doesn't really fit in continuity. It's just fun Batman stories teaming up with different superheroes. So yeah. I, th- I think we should read that sometime, but... On the night when you're in the mood for something light, it would be good to read. And so Batman quit the Justice League over some territorial dispute. Mm -hmm. And the original Outsiders consisted of Geo-Force, Black Lightning, Katana, Metamorpho, um, a young lady named Halo, who I kind of like. I think that was it. And Batman, of course. So the Outsiders have always been something uh, related with Batman. Batman-centric, yes, which is where this issue really ties in in a way that that was unexpected to me. I didn't foresee that. Now, is this the first time the Outsiders have been back since the new 52? No. No, okay. But I will say, Luke, the Batwing character that's in this, Mm -hmm. is probably, if not the, then definitely one of the best ideas to come out of the new 52. He's just a cool idea and a cool character. Okay. I kind of like him. Um, Who's Duke? Duke Thomas is a character that was kind of a wannabe Robin. The Duke Thomas in this issue is from the Metalverse, which was a... Does that explain the uh, axe guitar? Yes, it does. (laughs) It does, actually. (laughs) Well, it was a little... I had to do a double take, and um, am I looking at a... A guitar axe. I just want to make sure. Yes. And I was like, yes, that is. That, that is what gu- you were looking at. That's what I was looking at. We didn't read. I read it. I don't think you read it. You might have watched a YouTube video about it. I'm not really sure if it's set in the future or if it's supposed to be set in present day. I don't think this is the same Duke Thomas from Prime Earth, which is the main Earth in the DC Universe now. Okay. The, the Prime Earth Duke Thomas was just um, another one of Batman's... I don't want to say minions. Proteges? Yes, proteges is a good word. Okay, so we have Duke, and we have uh, Luke, and of course we have uh, Kate, uh, Batwoman. Right, and you should be a little more familiar with her. I am a little more familiar with her. Um, I like her. Me too. Um, I thought it was interesting uh, how the the pictures seem to evolve from showing um, Bruce Wayne to her family. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And... um, (laughs) Battlefish was kind of funny. No, is this the first issue of the Outsiders? Third, third issue mm-hmm. uh, with these with this iteration of characters. Yes. Okay, I might understand it more if I had read the the first. I don't two think it would make much of a difference to you. Really? Yeah, it's okay. it's kind of a weird series. It it seems like it is, and which is why I chose it because it's I didn't expect it to be as meta as this issue got, but I wanted something that was a little more out there. Well, I wanted to. Um, I need to make sure that I understood exactly. So. He called her Drummer Girl? Drummer. 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 Okay. Is, is, is the, um, there was a character called Drummer from Wildstorm Comics when DC bought them. 
Okay. And so I think that they're now making him a she. Okay. But that's where the character originated. Right? Yes, that's where the character came from. It's from the Wildstorm comics. Okay. The ship that they're on, the carrier, is also from a Wildstorm book called The Authority. It flies in the bleed, which is the membrane between Earths in the multiverse or between Interesting. between okay. different universes in the multiverse. Okay. The in-between spaces. To me, it seemed when they when the portal opened and they stepped through, it was like they were stepping into a dream already in progress. Is what it seemed like to me. I think that's a, a fair assumption. Um, it was. It, it seemed like they were like interrupting a dream in progress. Is what it, it is what it appeared to me. Um, and then, of course, you know, Batwoman recognizes herself in what's going on. She sees the the different portraits, or the portraits tra- changing from Bruce and his family to her and her family. Right. Um, and then Luke is just trying to figure out what's going on. And maybe that's right. why they got separated so I think quickly. so. I think so. Um, it's because he doesn't fit the pattern. The changes in the, in the Batman were interesting. Um, how they, because there was definite change from how they perceived Luke before Batwoman hit him, hit Duke, and after Batwoman hit Duke. And I'm wondering if the reason they were reacting to Luke the way they were reacting the first time is because of Duke's presence. That's an interesting idea. Because it th- nothing really explains the transition from he can never leave to da 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 you know, he's a threat, he's a danger, to you need to seek safety, you need to get out of here. You know, it was a completely different thing going on. What would you mark that down to? I don't really know. No, that's what kind of makes it so fascinating. Uh, like, was the reaction negative to begin with because there was a negative factor there in Duke? Because Duke clearly has an axe to grind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> I think it's interesting also that the character of Duke blamed everything on Batman and completely absolved himself from any kind of choice in the matter, you know, from any decisions that he had made on his own for any desires of his own. And I don't think that it's right to blame him. Well, like I'm saying, you know, so like, uh, so like Dick Grayson, mm-hmm. right? That was definitely a success. He's a, he's it a was model. A success. However, it was a success, not without its problems. When Dick was trying to establish himself they had some they had some issues some friction some friction there so it wasn't that batman just simply decided to mold him into what he wanted him to be because it didn't exactly go as batman planned it's the same with with everybody that he's he's worked with or you know it's not like he goes I need you to be like this, and bam, they're like that. His will is all that's there. That he tries to do that. <laughs> well, he probably does, but at the same time, he Batman does not, has not, in the experience, the little experience that I have. And there, there's people with tons more experience with Batman than me. And I'm not a huge Batman guy. So. But from what I've seen, and in, in what I've read, and what I've watched... Batman does not pick easily dominated people to be 
mentored by him. Hmm. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. So, because especially in the line of work that you're in, you don't want people who are easily led or dominated because then what's to stop them from being dominated by a bad guy? That's a very good point. So, for Duke to say that Batman forces people to be, you know, he picks people who he can force. He picked you. He did this, this, this. He's very much not there. He Obviously, Duke wants to blame. Wants a scapegoat. Yeah, he wants a scapegoat. He wants to blame Batman for things, which is easy to do because he is a force, mm-hmm. you know, to be reckoned with. Um, but I think that there's obviously other issues at work with Mr. Duke. You know, at the end, we had the, there was somebody speaking or typing or something. Um about what had happened. And it, it seemed that they had orchestrated the whole thing to have Luke introduced into this system to see what would happen. And they may have all introduced Duke as well to see what would happen. And Batwoman. But the the narrative from this person, whom we don't know who it is, seems very much um, more towards Duke's thinking. I mean, those the same thought processes. Because he's like, Batwoman is a danger. You know, she's already dreaming of bats. So basically, it, it seems like this person with the narrative, she's already been assimilated, is basically into this thought process into the Batman thought processes. So she's, she's been assimilated into this Batman way of thinking. Mm -hmm. And he's thinking Luke could still be either way. He's kind of on the threshold. Um, But he's saying kind of the same, he's spewing kind of the same things that Duke was spewing. So, you know, so who are we dealing with? Who is this outside source? Who is, who seemed to put this together to see what would happen. It'll be interesting to see. And they may ever, not ever do anything with it. It may just be an option. I have a feeling that they will. Okay. So that's our episode this week. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Take care.